Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Good morning. And I realize it may not be morning where you are, but it is 7 a.m., here Saturday morning, March 7th. And I have the oven turned on, everybody else is sleeping still. And I gave Biddy some food, so maybe the cat won't race around and make a lot of noise in the background. Um, so last night was a pretty amazing night. And I have had this audio created for you guys since March 4th, and I just wasn't sure if I was adding to it or not, which if you're on the Facebook page for Endurance Horse Podcast, then you know that. Um, If you're not, look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. So if you land on the Facebook page that just says Endurance Horse Podcast with a little orange logo, that's not the group. Go look for the group, and then you can connect with other riders and see some pictures. Today's the eve of the big holiday. For horse riders, daylight savings time is tomorrow, guys. We've been waiting for this all winter, so I'm so excited. So last night was pretty amazing. It has somewhat to do with endurance, so I'm going to share it with you. As some of you know, we're doing the War Horse Endurance Ride this year, Binky and I. And you may or may not know Binky's active duty military. Just so happened that I had a, a thanking the vets, helping the horses theme mind for an endurance ride and that's what war horse is and last night i found myself in one of the most beautiful art museums in the world the milwaukee art museum is gorgeous this museum has just this huge entryway it has these large i think it might be one of the only buildings in the world that has movable parts that looks like wings flying out over the lake so last night i found myself photographing at the Milwaukee Art Museum because of a wonderful event that I had just learned of this year and it's called Veterans Light Up the Arts and it celebrates the healing power of art and we were so blessed to meet so many veteran artists. For those of you who may not know, I am an equine and portrait photographer and through the War Horse Endurance Ride, I was introduced to Kit who works for the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce And she looked at my website and saw my photography and said we would be honored if you would come photograph for us, which was, I will probably likely never forget that it was pretty awesome to be invited to photograph at the Milwaukee Art Museum and meet so many wonderful people and just have a beautiful night out with my husband. So I wanted to say thank you to the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce for inviting myself and my husband to photograph your event last night. I was just kind of in shock (laughs) that uh, Jim and I were standing there photographing all these wonderful veterans with the arts. So there were painters, there were poets, there were actors, there were musicians. And all of the reason I was standing there came through War Horse. And War Horse, because Jim and I donated to photograph this entire event um, for free, they were going to give us like a Uh, So we're doing pro bono work, so they were going to give us an in-kind, which would be to be one of their sponsors. And they do a lot of branding and thanking you during the event. It's a huge event in Milwaukee. 
Uh, got home pretty late, but it was amazing. Like, they had these projectors going. One was a live feed of what was going on the stage. The other one was the major sponsors, of which there were, you know, a few. It wasn't, I would say, that was less, less than 10. And we were one of them. So all night, Warhorse logo, the big written one, was plastered up on the side of this enormous wall in Milwaukee at the art museum. And I just thought, wow, you know, like you just take a step going forward and you just don't know where it's going to go. So you have an idea. And, and a lot of times, to be honest, we, we all have an idea and we don't go forward on it. And I wouldn't have had Binky not called me, had Amber not needed a break. Um, Warhorse wouldn't even be happening until my kids are in their 20s and talking about getting married and they're only yeah they're still little now so well not little they're they're getting taller than me but to me they're still I digress but the point is um it was a late night it was a great night and an endurance ride had their logo plastered all over the Milwaukee Art Museum last night one of the other things I have found on this journey and I'm just saying I was afraid of ride management so maybe part of this Maybe part of this episode is overcoming fear. And I would have never acted on this had Binky not pushed me. And if if you've met Binky, if you've known Binky, if you listen to her on the podcast, um, she's very bold and not afraid to speak up. And I am more the reserved person hanging out on the edge of things. <laughs> and she's right in the middle. And um, she's, she's not going to let me shrink back. And she's like, nope. We're doing this, right? So so how would this be about fear? And I think it was just taking on something I had no idea what I would be doing. Um, but the Distance Writing Association of Wisconsin was suggested to me as a resource who would fund the ride, most of the ride, pay for the vets, and give me guidance on what I need to do next, next steps, uh, provide volunteers on the day of the ride. They would basically be a support system, and I would not be alone and so thank you, Distance Riding Association of Wisconsin, because while I, I would have gone forward with this ride on my own, without their backing, I am so grateful to have their backing. So one of the things that happened so far was my son and I had traveled to Illinois to hear one of the last Navajo code talkers, Thomas Begay, speak down at an art gallery in Illinois called the Trickster Art Gallery beautiful Native American art. Um, probably not all what you think. It's modern art um, by Native Americans. And they had an enormous part of their gallery completely devoted to Native American veterans. So I am going to use this platform as an endurance horse podcast to just highlight the point that a lot of people don't realize there are so many Native American veterans. Like, they have a high percentage of service to this country compared to the general population. The general population is less than 1%, and the Native Americans is much, much higher. Not only, so you might think, well, World War One or World War Two, you know, era, that Native Americans served maybe at a higher percentage rate. Maybe that was just like a something you would think, because that was when you know, a lot of things were happening. Um, but I have learned so much just 
unexpectedly, but by doing War Horse, I've learned just so much. So post 9-11, a higher percentage of Native Americans served than any other ethnicity in the United States. After 9-11, almost 19% of Native Americans served in the armed forces. Currently, there are more than 31,000 American Indian and Alaskan Native men and women who are on active duty today. So when I went to listen to Thomas Begay speak, he, he's about 95 years old, so his son was with him and they both spoke. One of the things that I don't want to say so much made them sad, but that they wish wasn't the case was that people are, don't realize how, how much they serve, how many veterans there are. And if you don't know this piece of history, if you're younger and you maybe don't know this piece of history, I don't think it's often taught in schools. Without the wind talkers, our country would not possibly have won that war. So look it up. But um, the Wind Talkers, there's, there's a, a movie about it. If you'd rather watch a movie than read about history, maybe look that up because it's completely based on what happened. So what that brings me to today is today's topic is different. It is honoring something that's going on with horses with the Native American community. So today on the podcast, it is about horses. It is about making connections. It's, it's about a different kind of endurance. So in the last episode, Dr. Newton talked about the fact that you do not have to be an athlete to do endurance riding. Although she runs ultra races, trail races, she definitely is an athlete, and she has said that it helps her. The person that we're going to speak with today is the manager of a team called Long Feather Racing, and they do not endurance riding, but they do a sport where you absolutely must be an athlete or you cannot do it. And it's just maybe the photographer in me that saw these stunning photos and I just could not get it out of my mind. So I thought I'm going to take the opportunity to talk to this team on the podcast about what they do. And then by talking to them, they're going to learn about it endurance and maybe listen into our podcast and maybe they'll be interested but maybe not <laughs> they're moving at a much faster pace than we do believe me so without further ado I'll let them explain welcome to the podcast Richard Longfeather father of Jace Longfeather and manager of Longfeather Racing Four heartbeats. Three miles. Two exchanges. One rider. Chase Longfeather! Oh my goodness! What a superstar trying to avoid the others! Chase Longfeather with another... This is Indian Relay Racing. Join me today as I talk with the father of Jace Longfeather, Richard Longfeather of Longfeather Racing. 
listeners, we do distance riding where we might go um, 50 or 25 or 35 or 100 miles. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just really attracted by the, the horsemanship that I saw on your Facebook page. And I will include a link to Longfeather Racing in the show notes for the podcast. But okay. I, I don't know if our listeners know what a relay race looks like. So we're kind of introducing them. And we do have okay. um, people who ride endurance from North Dakota and South Dakota. So could you oh. explain how um, the three horses work into this race and just explain to us from the start um, what a relay race looks like? Okay, okay, I sure do that. Yes, uh, and, okay, you use three horses, and what they call it, we call it the Indian relay, because majority of the, the people that race on these are mainly Indian boys from our tribes and other different, throughout the uh, nation of uh, the native country, through Idaho, Washington, Montana, uh, the Crows, the the you know there's so many tribes that are out there and they all do this and it actually uh, goes from here clear to the east of where you're at in Wisconsin. What it is is it's a three horses, one rider, and you have a what they call a mugger, mm-hmm. which uh, that that mugger is holds the sets up the horse and they give you a box of like a ten by twelve. You can't leave that or you'll be DQ'd if you stepped out or. You know, so anyway, you have three horses, one rider, and a mugger, and uh, and uh, they call it a uh, a mugger and a setup man. The setup man has the first when when they get on the line, the rider stands on the ground, and the setup man helps him hold the horse so he's positioned to ready to start running. Okay, when they say go or they shoot a gun. The, the riders got to be quick enough, swing on, and off they go. And everybody's always ready, so you got to always be ready. When they say go, you swing on your horse, and you go around, depending on what kind of track it is. Five, usually the most common is 5A's, which is kind of close to a half a mile, or majority mm-hmm. of them are mile tracks. But as you, you dump on the first horse, you ride like you're racing around the track. Full speed, just bareback. Chase Longfeather! Oh my goodness! What a superstar! Chase Longfeather with another clean exchange. And as you come coming in to where we're where you started, the, the the setup man will have the second horse set up, ready to go, and the mugger, the person like, and that's what I do. It's like Longfeather and Mountain River are going to be the first ones home. But here's where the exchange is absolutely critical. You can't win it on the first lap, but you can certainly lose it on the first lap. Awadahe had a clean exchange, but right in front of me, all of a sudden, Chase Longfeather and the Gray got off alertly, and Chase Longfeather with the lead. It is as he's coming in full speed, and I train my horses to do this. Uh, they're, they're pretty cool. When they, they can, We call it coming in hot. <laughs> it's full speed at me. And all I do is just crunch down a little bit, and when I'm about three feet ready to run over me, I stand up and tell him, hey, and he, he just sets up and slides, and, I, you know, it's nothing to it. And then my, the, the rider builds off. If he can, he can run and just leap right on to the next second one, and off they go. 
is Ashton Old Eck. Longfeather is in second, and we go down to the winner's circle. The, the horse is coming in full speed, and the, and the muggers are out there, and you just see the, the audience just go crazy because they love mm -hmm. that uh, excitement of, man, how can they do that? But the rider, it, it, it's up to the rider. The fastest exchange you make on the horse, you're going to win the race. Now, the riders are not allowed to have help right getting no, on the you, horse they, they, they have to they cannot they cannot be helped at all they got to be able to swing on on their own you can't lift their leg up can't if you touch them you're DQ, you're you're automatically uh, disqualified if you touch and help the rider and what a brilliant exchange that has taken place long feather has the lead as they negotiate the turn lap number 2 Indian Horse Relay Consolation, and it's Longfeather and Jace Longfeather on the... My God, it's a scary issue because you got the eight horses coming full speed and you got to concentrate on your horses, but at the same time, you got to concentrate on the guys coming in because some of their horses get away and they'll run over you or hurt your, uh, your helper or run into your horse or something can happen. But you just got to be on your toes, and you got to stay in that box they give you. If you step into the other guy's uh, box, you're DQ'd. And if your horse swings into that other person's box, you're automatically, even though you're winning, you can be DQ'd for it. I wanted to ask, what does this racing mean to you and your family? Because I, I see that it's a whole family thing and that yes. you have huge love for your horses. The horse racing was uh, actually started by me. I, I, I mean, I grew up racing for my mom and dad, and I put it away for many years as I was growing up. And uh, when my sons, my daughter and my sons were born, I got back into training horses, and it just started to be a hobby. I, I love horses my entire life. I grew up on them, and I, I couldn't get away from them. And hmm. back in the 90s, I trained horses for uh, guys that were taking them to Texas and Oklahoma for uh, for racing. And uh, I started just started back into training them. And then when my sons were just little guys, I took them in the little brush tracks. And in our communities, they had little pony races, so I'd take them and and share their, you know, they, they were just barely able to ride, but we got them into a little racing, and uh, it, it just took off that way. You know what? When you when you have a, a family that way, in, in our reservation, you'll be surprised. That we, we You know, the things that we, you do with your family, it makes a big difference in the balanced life that we, as our kids and our youth are, are suffering with drugs and alcohol, when you do this with your family, you make a big difference in the world. You know, my sons are, one's going to college now, and he's doing so awesome, and we're so proud of him. He's our setup man, and, and, and you know, it's just a family. I, in my heart, I feel that this is the way to go. Mm -hmm. This is the way we need to keep our our, our children in, be, in balanced life so they don't bounce off and do something that we don't want them to do even though we're living a good life. Mm -hmm. And that's usually, you know, keep the, keep the happiness going just like <clears throat> anything else in heaven and in, in the world. If you're mm -hmm. kind to people, you, you see, you look at a person in eye level and you smile and God give a smile to make a good connection, mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. it is. Life on the res is tough living, and, you know, we all have to figure that out as natives. 
and you know we just got to carry on just like anybody else you know and it's so fun that we're able to i mean you we don't have much big incomes and stuff but we still love our horses and like i got uh 16 head of running horses right now and uh, i'm feeding them you know i'm buying my own hay buying my nobody mm-hmm. you know nobody helps me but this is these are things we love them and they eat just like us so you know every other paycheck i have to stick my income towards the hay and good feed so they can live good and they, they can do good for us, you know. You don't just think about yourself just because you're racing. you got to think about your horses as your own children, yeah. you know. And it's important. I mean, you want good horses, you got to keep them nice and fit. And, you know, that's uh, that's our life here, you know. And the horses pretty much know, too, when they're not fed, they're up at the, uh, you know, in the stables, lined up, ready to, you know. The gates are open, so they come in and set themselves up, ready to eat. Looking for you. Yep. So there, that's, there's just something amazing about horses, and I I cannot imagine my life without horses either. You know, even if I'm know, not riding, they're just there's something about them that I I don't know how to say it, but I had little issues when I was young too, and you know, grew mm-hmm. up uh, in a tough reservation, and uh, you know the the the, the suicide things and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you wonder. A horse really helps me because I. And when I'm out there in the winter, even though it's cold, I'm out there and massaging these horses. I get them all around me, fighting over me, and I, mm-hmm. I just love it. I sing, mm-hmm. I actually sing songs to them, you know, mm-hmm. in my native tongue. I, I sing uh, horse songs, you know, because horses, a horse is a medicine to the Sioux people. Mm-hmm. We use a horse for uh, many things, for the spirits, for the power. A horse has got a lot of medicine that can help a human get on her feet and be strong just like a horse, you know. And where, so do, you, where do you think that yeah. comes from? Because I know all of my listeners totally agree with you. Um, yeah. But from from your standpoint, where do you think that energy comes from? You know, I'm going to say this a little different. Okay. As growing up as a native, our native people, they uh, focused on weather, on on sickness, on, on everything that we look at. The weather storms that are coming, we already know when we watch our dogs, we watch our cats, we watch our horses, we watch our buffalo. That's how the natives are in our own way when we say an animal you know, we in our tongue we say "wamakashka," which means an animal. We don't make it as an animal. "Wamakashka" in native tongue means that's part of our body. The animals are part of our bodies. What it means, and that with the, just with that connection, when you li- when you're a native, you just have it at heart. Mm-hmm. What these animals are are for. They're not just to be abused or, or, you know, starved. And, you know, they're, they're just humans. They're just like us humans. They're, they're, they're part of us. And that's the strong, you know, thing about them that, you know, I, I could tell you, I'm not, a, I'm not a horse whisperer. I'm not a, but, you know, I had one guy come one, one time. I, I, I was a little slow. I was horseshoeing my horse and my back was bothering me. And I had a guy come and was going to shoot my horses, and uh, he couldn't even pick up a leg on the mm-hmm. horse. The horse was fighting him. 
Mm-hmm. And because you know what it was? The disposition in a human being. Mm-hmm. If if you got if your adrenaline is going, if your heart is ticking faster than your you know, your 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 kinda of got a little aggravated. So what you need to do is go for a walk, get a relaxation in your system and come back and you can pick the horse's legs and you know what? They're just like a baby. They'll just you know, mm-hmm. I trim my horses without uh, putting shoes on them without a headgear on, I could say, okay, hold still, but and pick their hind legs up, trim them, clean them. I do all of it. I, I, I have a big heart, and I, I'm a, a little tempered person at times, but when it comes to horses, they they help me. They're my medicine, and that's how I treat them, and I learn a lot from them. I, I totally agree with that, and I, I do like to hang out with my horses, and I feel like they to- truly see my soul. You know what? They love you. The horse mm-hmm. loves you to be beside a human, you know? Mm-hmm. It's they, so interesting. They yeah. do, like, they accept you to be part of their herd, I think. They have such different personalities. They do. They do. If, you know, I, I call my horses by their names, and they're so awesome horses, and I just, I don't know what I'll do. If they ever got old on me, I'll probably have a graveyard in my backyard here, but <laughs> I couldn't split with them, you know? I know. That's, that's why it. I have no money. Yeah, I have horses, yeah. you know, like, and my husband, he always says, well, we know where our money goes. You know, it's right out there in the field. That's where it goes. The love of horses. Um, well, by God, you ought to come out west and join <laughs> us when we ride the 250 mile to Wounded Knee. <laughs> I was following we do, that. We, we, we we do that on December fourteenth. I saw right that to, was... two two weeks to a wounded knee to, you know, give us a, a kid the little prayers of what our ancestors had to go through. You know, mm-hmm. of course now it's all different, but that's a two hundred fifty mile ride, and we all they also have one going from uh, uh, low Mankato? brew country, low uh, all the way to uh, Mankato. Mm-hmm. You know. And I mean, those are representing our ancestors, you know, what they suffered. We always want to bring their spirits back up and knowing that we didn't forget them, just like the horses. We never forget the horses is what we actually, you know, think about them is is part of our uh, culture, you know. And it's uh, that's uh, so that's kind of endurance race or ride we do around here, you know. Mm. It's pretty much almost the same common thing, I imagine. I was following along on Facebook with the ride to Mankato, and then I started uh-huh. to notice a photographer who was photographing the ride to Wounded Knee, and uh-huh. I was just amazed at the the weather that you guys were having to put up with, and yep. um, just the logistics of having a place to stay at night, and um, I yep. was really impressed with how... When you, when everybody was staying over, how it was just like a big family get together, um, yep. And it's, it did seem like a, that it was bringing people together. It, it does, and teachings of our children that are involved to bring them to the, you know, we're, we're, we're cultural people, and uh, we we stand strongly behind uh, uh, prayer and uh, and the pipe, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's our thing, is that we represent the native, all nations that, uh, you know, bring them together. Wherever I go to, and another thing that I do with my horses, when I go on these big-time racing tracks, I, I uh, you know, I'm a believer in, uh, in uh, you know, power and the spirit of guiding your horses. 
we mm-hmm. smudge our horses to to keep the evil that mm-hmm. can be out there that somebody's native thought in their mind can bring it to you and weaken your race team. So we smudge and pray and we sing a song, you know, songs for uh, protection and the health of uh, other people to run with a good mind, clear mind, and uh, share these races in a good way. Yeah, there's one uh, particular sage. It's more of a stimmy, long, uh, straight-up sage that you use for the ceremonies. And the the sage that uh, there's some that are in uh, in a, like a it's like native grass, almost looking mm-hmm. like a big plot. Them are not really the type, but it's a straight-up sage, and they grow in certain areas where the you know, along the, uh, you know, in the Badlands, there's always out in the more in the meadow, meadowy area where this this type of sage we use for uh, smudging grows, you know. You know, it, it's just everything that I grew up with. Uh, you know, I was raised by grandparents. My grandparents uh, raised me. Even though I had my parents, my I don't know, I was eight of us in my family, but I was one of the fortunate ones. My, grand, my grandma and grandpa took me in as a baby and I was raised the the, the old traditional way and I grew up the old cabin way and mm. hauled water and no electricity, lamps. And, but now I have all that here, but I still appreciate what they've done for me to teach me all these uh, old ways. And uh, my, my first learning how to ride horse bareback full speed was my grandparents drove a set of team to 10 miles to town to get, uh, you know, groceries or the... Uh, whatever they needed, and my, when they were driving, they, my grandpa used to just turn me loose and jump on a tongue and jump on the horse, and you can ride, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I became a, and I said, at times, I used to share this with my kids, I said, uh, you know, he's, uh, when I was with grandpa himself, he'll make the horses kind of canter a little bit, and he'll be just laughing, I said, I know why my grandpa, you know, now I, as growing up, I said, you know, I, I know why my grandpa used to laugh when it was just him and I. So I look like that little monkey on that dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, and then he'll tell me to jump across to the other one, and I was only, you know, four, three, four years old. Mm-hmm. And he just let me be independent, and that's just how I am. And I grew up with a good uh, leadership of my my great my grandparents, and I sure appreciate. I, I talk about him when I speak my tongue and in public areas. I says I'm so fortunate. I said my grand my grandma and grandpa taught me a lot to mm-hmm. use this language and songs. I said it just comes to my heart, and I can share songs. I look at somebody and they say, "Could you sing a song, honor song for this one?" It just comes to me. Mm-hmm. I can share a song for that person. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a singer either, but mm-hmm. I just do it from the heart of being a full blood, you know, I I can't say I'm full. I'm not full blood either. I'm I'm a half breed, so I can't say I'm a full blood. But I share a lot with my native sides, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, my yeah. grandparents are the ones who put me on the back of a horse too. I mean, my well, my oh, mom, really? Yeah, my 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 mom. Because people say, when did you start riding? And my mom used to have a huge white Appaloosa. And she rode uh-huh. when she was pregnant with me, so I can say before I was born. Uh-huh. But when people don't believe me, when I say, look, when I was four, I was off trail riding by myself. And people don't believe that because kids are not that independent today. But I'm telling you, as soon as I could yeah. get a bridle on my horse and a bucket uh-huh. to climb on top of my pony, I was gone. You and were out, out I was riding. Out. <laughs> and um, I'm so grateful for that because usually... 
uh, my mom lived in town, but when I went to my grandparents, that was kind of like my, um, yeah, kind of like you. My my grandma had me for the first while, uh-huh, and then she uh-huh. had me again from like eighth grade on. So, but you oh. know, and my mom, she always made sure I had a horse. Like I, uh-huh. I always had a horse. We were very poor, but uh-huh. we always had a horse. That horse was the one brought you up out of the, you know, that's, that's, that's what I have to say is uh, a, a person wasn't poor. As long as you had a horse mm-hmm. and you could do things, you know, you, you rode to the river, you, you, you did all the fun. And as long as you were fed and did the mm-hmm. right things in life, you can move ahead. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing in my my uh, life now is that I was so fortunate, able to uh, um, got a little piece of ground here, and I, I got out of town and moved in the country. I, I got an acre, about a, a 160 acre plot here, and we built a home and and the horses in the backyard. That's my entire environment right there. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it don't have to be too big of a pl- fancy place, but you know what? It's your own place. When your grandkids come home, that's where they are. Oh, they just love uh, Grandpa now because when they come home from Texas, they, I, I'm on a horse singing songs right in the river. We ride into the river and swim the horses and sing songs. And go, you know, it's, I, when I get home from work, I'm never tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got a bundle of joy to uh, hang out with. You know, <laughs> that sounds like so, a beautiful yeah. place to be. It, it is. It is. Your horses are the most important remedy to your people that are sick. If you're, if you're feeling ill and you run horses, it, it just gives you that power back. And sometimes I have a flu bug. I can still go out and be on a ride a horse around, and I'm feeling okay already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of those yeah. things, you know. The last three episodes of the podcast were a little bit different because they were about riders overcoming injuries. Because people yeah. really wanted to talk about overcoming mm-hmm. their injuries and they wanted to talk about how their horses helped them well, yeah i mean i think we instinctively know that but it was yeah. so great um our son is 12 now but last summer he was 11 so i had my 11 year old son and my 15 year old nephew riding with me most of the summer and oh. um, people were just in awe of seeing young men riding they were just yep. so in awe of it, and um, I wish more young men would ride. And I think that is, you know, an additional appeal to seeing the relay races because you're seeing all these young men who are completely devoted to riding. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that, that is such a thing. When when my boys were young, he rode his pony in one, and by gosh, from that day on, he thought, that's it, that's what I'm going to do. That's uh, awesome to have somebody interested in what we do out here. Well, it is phenomenal. Uh, the strength of your riders and your horses is definitely getting to be well known. Oh, well, thank you very much. Just keep up the good work. If it's okay with you, Richard, I'm going to maybe call you back in September and see how the race went. All right. Thank you. And thank- we'll be expecting your call. Thank you. Hi, Jim. Hello. I had a wonderful night with you last night. Yeah, that was a blast. That was a long one. It was a long night. Um, so you have gotten the pleasure to listen to the podcast before anybody else, and you got to hear Richard Longfeather. So Richard was talking about how his horses 
bring a little piece of heaven on earth to him. Oh, tell, yeah. Telling good night to everybody. And no matter what kind of day you've had, if we just go out and do our chores, snuggle the horses and talk to them and give them a neck massage or a peppermint and tell them, like, life just wouldn't be the same without them. Nope. Every horse has its own little sign outside the barn, and you go and say good night to each and every one of them. I love sitting down at the end of the driveway and walking up the driveway from getting the mail or something and seeing the lights shining out the windows and it's just a warm and fuzzy feeling. We were in the barn and I started to play that song, Our House. Yep. I'll light the fire. Mm -hmm. You place the flowers in the vase. Yeah, that one? If you're wanting me to sing, it's not going to happen. <laughs> It'll drive your customers away. <laughs> well, you sing to me all the time, but the funny thing was, I started playing that song, and you came up to me and said what? I was just thinking about that song. I just love how those little moments happen. It's like just a little smile from God or something. I just love it. So you enjoyed yourself last night? Oh, yeah. It was fun being around all the veterans and seeing all the art and everything. Oh, yeah. It was great. And all night, it was pretty epic to see Warhorse keep getting posted on the wall. We'll get a run-in today, though, right? Either today or tomorrow. I'm thinking tomorrow. <laughs> I'm thinking of maybe a long walk today. Long walk today. And then a, a run tomorrow. It'll be almost 60 tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. We should do it today before it's too warm. No, Red Wings are out there singing. I hear cranes and geese. So. You want to ride tomorrow? Let's go check out the trails. Oh, well, we'll scope out the trails today. Yep. And ride tomorrow. Yep. Ah, oh, you said it. I said ride tomorrow, and you said oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you tricked me. Oh, that's okay. You can edit that part out, right? Oh, no, I'm saving that. It's going to be my ringtone. <laughs> well, hope you guys enjoyed episode 35, and the next episode 36 should be all about ride management. I have some interviews coming up um, with, actually, the people who put on the first ride I ever went to. It was a clinic. So I'll be interviewing them. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So we'll chat with you later. And I want to say happy holidays to all the horse people. Because this is Daylight Savings Time Eve. Yes. And I don't know if it's as big a deal everywhere else in the world. But in Wisconsin, it's a pretty big deal. So happy Daylight Savings Time, equestrians. Yeehaw. Bye. Bye. I'll light the fire while you place the flowers in the vase that you bought today.